0: Just to get down I don't know if I can get them But I got em right now hey, I wake up just to get down I don't know if I can get them But I got em right now Develop these bars for The developing stars, whoa Wrecked by the stars though But they know just who they are The knowledge is deep, may Cause college is deep, man Knees are the bees, man Deve happy hour now I trust them with everything Every compliment's giving me confidence Skipping is hopping and really no stopping i am make with champion, y'all put a sock in it uh, But this is life, bro They're at it all night, though So you can just drive slow And get down with the deadly crew I wake up just to get down I don't know if I can get them But I got him right now I wake up just to get Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening, wherever you are listening. This is the Debbie Happy Hour. It has been so long, I'm not even sure what episode number we're on. I'm just going to go with 87 because it feels about right. Of course, my name is Skip Newton coming to you from Egan, Minnesota. It's great to be back. Really, really sorry to our listeners who have missed the Debbie Happy Hour because we've been on a pretty long hiatus But we're going to try to be more regular. Of course, the other side of the we from North
1: Carolina,
0: Matthew Jackson. How you doing, buddy? I am
1: doing so good, man. I'm glad to be back. I missed that that Matthew Jackson from North Carolina grunt thing that you do every single pod we're on. But I'm glad to finally be back. Back from our hiatus. Had to take care of some personal stuff. And it's good to finally be back. We're in the best time of the year with a Scott Fishbowl right around the corner um obi-wan kenobi dropped on disney plus i've been watching that man we are we are the best time of the year it feels like
0: oh man i i was gonna bring up both those things actually so you you read my mind there very uh jedi-esque uh have you have you finished obi-wan because my my kids and my wife and i just finished on tuesday when we got home From my dad's lake place for the weekend, Uh, dude. Dude,
1: I binge I binge watched the first two episodes on premiere day, and then every single Wednesday, me and my wife sat down and watched that show like, like clockwork as soon as it released, and it it just tied everything up so perfectly for me. It's top top tier show for me. I loved it.
0: Yeah, I I enjoyed it too, and I I don't want to you know give anything away to to those people listening that haven't watched the whole thing, but. What I what I enjoyed is that it, it really just felt like it got better and better with with every episode, and I feel like the Star Wars you know these these short seasons that they're doing they've they've continuously done that with with each one. I mean, Mandalorian was that way. You know, Boba was, was really good, and then and now Obi Wan. So I'm I'm excited to to see how this continues to to play out with all these series they have planned. And then you mentioned the Scott Fishbowl which is right around the corner. They already had, I believe Atlanta and Chicago live drafts last weekend. I've got one of the four Minneapolis live drafts this Sunday. So getting really excited for that and full disclosure, I'm going to do very little prep work for those 10 rounds. I I feel like the last couple of years I've put almost too much up front, you know, prep work in, into the draft and it, it just didn't go as well. And I, I want to, you know, especially being live, I just want to have more fun with it. And I want to, I want to enjoy meeting people and interacting and, you know, we're going to, we're going to I'll bring some, some money for a big donation to, to charity. Of course, Scott's going to be there managing these drafts in person. So that'll be fantastic. How, how about you? What, what pick do you have and, and are you excited for that, for that draft?
1: I am currently rocking the four pick and, and, in lieu of not giving away my strategy because I am currently in the live draft for the serious X, XM, uh, serious X F, FM draft, whatever it is. Jeez. Can't talk tonight. Um, <laughs> that, that, that starts on Sunday with some, I mean, heavy hitters. You're talking Ray flowers, Shane, um, drew Davenport, Matt Donnelly. I mean, all the big time analysts in the community. I feel like more of a fan in this event than I do an actual analyst in this whole thing. So, um, it's, it, it's really exciting. I've got the four picks. So I've done a little bit of prep work, a little bit of strategy, uh, but I'm excited to see um, kind of how the board falls. Um, definitely. I'm not going to get one over on the guys that I'm playing with. So I'm going to have to have a solid draft in order to do anything in this league, but it's going to, it's going to be a blast. We we've already set up to um, host a spot, um, to sponsor a spot in the pot um, me and Matt Cooper have our, our YouTube channel. We're going to sponsor a spot in the pot So we're just, we're excited to give away to charity um, just to be, to participate in the event. It's gonna be a good time.
0: Oh, excellent. Yeah, and we should we should mention that as well that the, the Potathon is starting this weekend and I believe they've upped that to thirty-six hours if memory serves. So a little bit longer than the usual 24 and they always raise a ton of money. It's just a, a fun a fun thing to, to listen to, you know, during the day and you just kind of have it on. I'm I'm gonna be checking that out of course as, as often as I can. But let's get into our topic for today. Of course, we haven't talked about Devi together for at least on a podcast for a long time. Of course, I took a, a two-week vacation from the Debbie Big Board, part of the Rookie Big Board podcast network, and listening to the podcast that, that Dwight put out there while I was gone, and all of a sudden, there's you on my podcast, my other podcast. I was like, I'll admit, I got a little bit of jealousy going on. I got a little bit of a uh, FOMO, which is kind of weird, being that I was off in Italy, but it was like, wow, it's all these guys that used to either be on the Debbie Happy Hour or on the Debbie Happy Hour, and then Dwight's got my former co-host, my co-host here, and it was it was cool. It was fun. I got a little little nostalgic, a little, little excited okay, about that. That was
1: the closest I could get to podcasting with you until tonight, so I had to take what I could get. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah, it fired us both up, right? It's like, all right, we gotta, we gotta get back together. We are gonna talk today about Debbie trade value. So that's a common thing that, that Debbie managers have to deal with and can sometimes struggle with is how do you how do you value the Devi players versus the guys that are already established on Dynasty rosters, the ones that are already NFL players? And one of the things that I wanted to ask you, I got, a, I got a few topics here before we actually get into some trades, but you know, do you have an overall like trade strategy, especially when it comes to, to Devi? I mean, what do you, what are you looking to accomplish with trades or what, what do you, what's your mentality going in?
1: Well, I think going in, you have to look at, be honest with your roster and see where your roster's at currently. I mean, I think, I think it takes honest analysis. Are you a competing team or are you in a real a rebuild? Cause that's going to, that's going to, you know, impact how you how you do your trades. Um, if I'm if I'm rebuilding, then I'm going to pursue more of these Debbie players. I'm going to be willing to trade um, aging NFL assets more often than I would be if I'm on a competing roster. So I think that impacts a lot of it. Um, definitely if I'm trading uh, a, a superstar or, or a star on the NFL side, I'm going to want to be getting back somebody that's already in the NFL pl- plus a Debbie player. So there's a lot of things that go along with valuing. And I think it all starts with, you know, looking at where these guys fall in a normal startup draft and kind of player x how 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 they line up with the talent in the NFL already uh, but I think it all starts with roster construction and being being real honest about where your team is at currently
0: yeah I, that's a great point and you need to you need to be honest with yourself and you also need to to understand I think that that your team could be could be better than than you think. I mean, I, I think a lot of teams, especially in Devi, managers tend to to feel like, okay, if I don't have just this this super star studded lineup and, and roster, that I I need to rebuild because I'm going to get stuck in the middle. And that that probably isn't you know always the case where you you probably have a better team than you think and it might not be one that you need to blow up and, and start anew because that that can take a a lot of work and b a, a lot of time depending on how you do it. So you got to be got to be careful there. You know, it could be that you're just a couple of a decent moves away from going from a, a middle of the pack team to a to a contending team and you know, if I've learned anything in in all these years of fantasy football, once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. And and people need to remember that because you know, if you got a twelve-team league and six teams make the playoffs, man, you you never know at that point. I mean, you, you get hot and and things can bounce your way, or or you get that one guy, you know, uh, you know, a, a, a Perry out of Seattle, all of a sudden turns into this you know star running back at the end of the season, and oh, he's going to help you win a title. So I, I, I think about. something
1: too. Somebody told me one time um, a couple of years ago, and I can't remember who it was. So if you're listening, it was you. Forgive me, because I forget I forget who you are. Um, but they, but they told me they never touched their roster um, until week week five or six of the season. So within the first few weeks of the season, they don't make trades. They don't do anything with the roster except start a roster and kind of get a good look of where their team's at. And I think there's some truth in, in that, right? You know, you don't you don't make any crazy, you know roster-altering moves in the first few weeks because in those first few weeks, teams are still figuring out their depth chart, they're figuring out their schemes, what they're doing, who they are as a team, and that's not a good indication of what the team is going to do or what that player is going to do later on in the season. And you made a good point. If you blow your team up too soon, you're wasting time. Um, you're also wasting money because if you're the team that perennially trades, um, trades win-now pieces for debbie pieces and you're constantly rebuilding, all you're doing is adding money to a pot. You're giving away money every single year and you don't want to be that team either.
0: Yeah. And that's a good point. And I think at the same time, you know, managers need to be aware too, that you can wait too long. And, you know, the the longer that you wait, the, you know, and finally make that decision, like, okay, I'm going to go for it. I think I've got a competitive team. You've also given other teams in the league, the chance to make that same decision. And now you've, you know, you, you might have a c- couple of guys or, or girls that are com- competing for the same, you know, the same win now assets or, or the other way around. If you if you know you want to rebuild after week six or seven, there might be a couple other teams that have already that have made that decision as well. And, and they're starting to, you know, to sell off pieces to to help their their future. Yeah, so yeah. and I think what come, that
1: comes down to is once you make a decision, you need to stick with that decision. And you need to go after it. You can't you can't be wishy washy. You need to and,
0: make it and, your mind and chase it. And the go after it part is the key. And this is something that I know I can get better at is, is go after it and you just start throwing out offers and, and be, you know, be aggressive with it. Just keep throwing out offers and, and sure, you're going to get a lot of rejections. I mean, that just happens. Most offers get rejected, but, but either a, it only takes one, one person to like the offer and accept it or one person or even two people to like it enough to to at least say, all right, there's something here. I'm going to counter or I'm going to, I'm going to start a discussion and then maybe you can, you can figure something out. So, you know, be, be aggressive in that regard. The, the other thing that I wanted to mention when it comes to, to Debbie is, is the other side of this. And I'll admit, I'm, I'm starting to, to change my mentality towards this line of thinking in that I think, generally speaking, Debbie managers tend to view their Debbie picks as gold. Like you get a guy on your roster and you almost assume this guy's going to be a stud. And I I can't wait for him to get to my NFL roster because now I'm going to get a a wide receiver one or an RB one. And the matter of the fact is that a lot of these guys aren't going to get there. I mean, they're just not going to make it. And so if, if they have value, while they're still in college and and they still have that that star potential, don't be afraid to move them while their value is high and get something for them. You know, lock in on 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 getting an asset back that that can make you a better team. And again, I've not really practiced this yet because I'm just starting to to come around to this line of thinking in, in this offseason. So I'm gonna start start looking at it that way. Where if if I got a piece and I think you know what man, his value is skyrocketing during the college season. I'm going to see what I can get for him now and, and just and take my win right now versus trying to get him drafted in the first round and become a good NFL player. And all of a sudden, you know, now I've, I've really struck gold.
1: And I, and, I, and I think Malik Willis is the perfect player in that type of situation. I mean, somebody whose value rose dramatically when he was still in college. And then, I mean, this entire quarterback class just got overlooked this draft, this draft. And and now, I mean, you, you can't get anywhere close to what you were getting for any of these quarterbacks. I mean, Malik Willis, Sam Howell, um, any, any of these guys, you can't, you can't get what you could have got when they were still in college. So that, that's, that's the perfect example of what happens when you wait too long.
0: And I think quarterback is the ideal position to, to use this strategy with because they're, they're so hard to hit in the NFL. I mean, it's just so, so rare. So, if, if it looks like they're you know they're getting momentum they're getting steam you know move them what if you can get a a veteran quarterback that that makes your roster better right now knowing full well that that quarterbacks you know they're not like running backs they don't they don't die off and go away at age 27 you know or, or wide receivers that all of a sudden they hit that 27 28 and people are you know the value just starts to plummet because oh they're getting old quarterbacks can be just they're hit, they're, as they're, in their, they're, th-
1: they're in their prime at
0: 27. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, they can be just as good at 35 as they were at 30 or or 25, even better. So, you know, guys like Kirk Cousins, guys like Derek Carr, you know, that that area, you know, even Ryan Tannehill, yeah, he wasn't as good last year, but still from a fantasy perspective, he puts up good good stats. And Man, i'll 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 ride all day long with those guys is, is especially if they're my my second quarterback on my dynasty roster so that was one strategy that i i am definitely going to start practicing a little bit more this season see how it goes what what tips do you have to our listeners on how do you evaluate the value of a Debbie player
1: so what i've been really getting into the last few years is i'll take a college player and i like to do this sort of Mess uh, mat, mix and match of rankings between the, I mean, the last few years I've been doing ranking the 2018, 2019, 2020 class together or the 2020, 21, 2021, 2021 and 22 class together and just kind of seeing where the deb, where I would rank the debut players versus the incoming rookies versus the guys who have been in the NFL already and that kind of gives me a good idea of where I would draft those guys in comparison to each other and then I kind of look okay where are those guys that are already in the NFL where are they going where are they getting drafted and startup drafts, and that kind of also gives me a good idea. Okay, where where would these Debbie players end up? You know, going around the same time. I think that gives you a, a starter of value for these Devi players. Um, I think it's important to realize, as you were saying, um, Debbie, Devi is a fickle sport. I mean, I'm th- guys guys can have in- incredible value um, when they're in college football and then something crazy can happen an injury. Um, they could not get drafted as high as we thought they would and their value could just sink. So it, it's really, really hard to get a correct gauge. I'm, I'm thinking guys like journey Brown for Penn state. I mean, as high as his value was for a long time. And then one injury and he's not playing football anymore. I mean, it's, we it's, don't,
0: we don't podcast for months and you have to bring up journey Brown. Really? Why keep the gloves <laughs> up, man. Come on. Don't make me cry on our first episode back. that. That's not very nice at all. I'm just,
1: I'm I'm just saying like, it's such a hard sport. It's such a hard game to predict hard, harder than just pure dynasty in my opinion. So, I mean, I think it, it takes a little bit of, you, you almost got to if you're going to sell NFL pieces, I'm not going to sell an NFL piece. And this is something that I'm learning and something that I've learned since talking to you, you've kind of shown me the light in this sort of area. (laughs) I'm not going to, I'm not going to sell an NFL piece that, that has great value. Um, for for a college piece alone um, that, that we're not sure of the value yet. I to I'm going to want to get back a college piece too. But I mean just ranking pure value, I I, I do interclass class rankings and then I kind of look okay, where are those pieces going in startup drafts? And that gives me a good, you know, starting place. I,
0: I think that's fantastic advice. I know Dwight and I went through that exercise of a of a mock draft and it was exactly what you were talking about. It was devy incoming rookies and then last year's rookies. And it was it was a challenge, but it gives you a really good idea of where you would rank, you know, those top players in with with the previous two classes, and and it's a it's an easy exercise for managers to do on their own. I mean, just be honest with yourself. Who are you picking if you're if you're in a draft, and where would you go? The the one question I had for you. Uh, because I just I just went over this in the recent Devy Big Board. I did. Uh, it was a it was a Devi startup, and the Devi players were were thrown in. You know, a, all one big draft. You know, a guy like B. John Robinson, where where do you rank him with the current running backs in in the NFL? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you where he went, but where would you have him?
1: I mean, he's he's top five for me right now, and he's not he's not five. <laughs> so, I mean. I, I have him up there. He's he's going to step into the NFL as a top five running back, and you can put that on paper, seal it, sign it, whatever you need to do. Like I'm, that's the most confident take I have right now. I mean, that kid is just he he's a special talent that you just don't see come along very often.
0: Yeah, that he was he was RB four, so it was you know Jonathan Taylor and Najee Harris and Swift from Detroit were the only guys that were taken ahead of him. And Travion Henderson and Jameer Gibbs also went in the top twelve, and I think Henderson might have been RB five. So, yeah. so
1: Henderson's up there for me as well, too. So
0: yeah, and and you know, it's but it's interesting how the, the running backs were clearly higher up. I think the highest wide receiver, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba ended up being like wide receiver seventeen, somewhere around there, if, if memory serves me. And the highest quarterback was. Right around fourteen, I, I think. You know, and- if,
1: if you remember a startup drafts a couple of years ago when Ezekiel Elliott came out of Ohio State, he was going in the first round, um, late first, early second round of startup drafts um, and Dynasty startup drafts. B, B John, B John Robinson, Trayvon Henderson are going to be in that same that same situation by the time they're
0: yep. drafted. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And and I know I've said this tip before, but but it's definitely worth repeating. When you're when you're looking at a trade and Debbie assets are involved. What I like to do is is again be reasonable with what what round or where do you think that player would be taken if it wasn't a Devi League and it was just a, a regular dynasty rookie draft? You know, is he is he you know Bijan Robinson, pick one o one? Is he you know CJ Stroud, you know, in a super flex, he could be one one or or one oh two, you know, or is it a guy, you know, that well, he's probably more end of the first round, but Get that kind of an idea of where the player would go, and then assuming that that you you've played in dynasty leagues with rookie drafts, everybody's pretty good at, at evaluating the the value of of rookie picks. So I think that helps you kind of kind of translate that. And of course, you you have to factor in, you know, with a guy like Travion Henderson, that you know, okay, he's an extra year removed, so it's not. A 2023 early first round pick that you're trading for. It's a 2024 early first round pick. So you know, keep that in mind because you're losing out on, on production. But you know, that's that's my tip for evaluating players. So given that strategy and those tips, we just have a, a few tr- a f- trades to talk about, and these are ones that were pulled right out of the, the Devi dashboard. Uh, thank you, Brandon LeJume and all the guys on that chat. They they have a trade. A trade chat that I just go through and find trades that are thrown out there. These might not even be trades that were executed. They could be just, you know, offers and they wanted people's opinion. But what the heck, it works out great for us for this purpose. So Team A is getting DK Metcalf and Caleb Williams and getting back DeAndre Swift. So we got Swift for Metcalf and Williams. What side do you like better there?
1: That was probably the one out of all the trades that you put on that sheet that I had the hardest time with, right? Because Swift, Swift is a mo- most of the time a second-round pick in startoffs. Um, D- DK Metcalf goes around, what, around four, five, six, depending depending on the drafts. So it really depends on what your thoughts are on Caleb Williams. Um, Caleb Williams, easily for me, is probably QB3 in my debut rankings right now. Um, after about after Caleb Williams, there's not a quarterback in, in the in the college football right now that I that I'm interested in. Um, so that, that play plays a factor. Um, is it a super flex league? That's something to keep in mind. Um, as of right now, though, um, j- just based on not not only the the years removed that you're going to have to take on Caleb Williams, but also the the fact that Seattle's QB room is QB situation is so murky. Um, I, I really believe that DeAndre Swift could be the overall RB one this year. I think I think it's it's possible that we see that, and the RB one overall is a valuable asset to have. So in my opinion, give me Swift there.
0: Yeah, I I tend to lean the Swift side as well, but I think you know this all of course depends on on the league settings, which I didn't didn't have. But then as well, you know you don't know you know what is the what's the strategy of each of each manager? What's the roster construction, you know? Yeah. If I'm looking to move Swift and get value back, I'm, I'm pretty happy with DK Metcalf and Caleb Williams, especially if it's a super flex lead and I need a young quarterback to come in. Like you said, he's he's your quarterback three and Debbie and interesting how you said you weren't interested in anyone after that, at least, you know, probably not right away that's exactly what, what the Debbie startup that I was talking about earlier. It, you know, those, those top three, you know, Stroud and, and Caleb Williams, you know, they, and name that's escaping me, but the other guy that's way up there, thank you, Bryce Young, you know, they, they went and then there was a little bit of a gap and you had Ewers and then there was a bigger gap. So it got pretty murky after that. I mean, and, I think this is one of those deals where it's like yeah, you're you're getting, you know, DK Metcalf's a good young wide receiver. Yeah, his quarterback situation sucks right now. That will change. It's going to suck for a season and they might he might be receiving passes from from Bryce Young or CJ Stroud and all of a sudden that 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 situation could look a whole lot better in Seattle or they trade him and and get get value there and he signs with somebody that's got a quarterback. So you're getting a nice long-term piece in, in Metcalf and you're getting a really good Debbie piece in Williams. So I, I like it kind of from both perspectives, you know, assuming that this, again, like you said, was a tough trade to, to analyze, but yeah, I I love Swift. And like you said, if, if he realizes the potential that we know that he has, he could be the RB one, in which case his value will skyrocket. All right. The next one, this was a Debbie startup pick 105. So you have all of the Devi assets to choose from, and you've got the fifth pick. And Josh Palmer, second-year guy at, at uh, I want to say San Diego, and I know what's wrong, Los Angeles. Los Angeles,
1: yeah.
0: For DJ Moore, who will now be catching passes from Baker Mayfield. So Debbie startup 105, think about who your top five Debbie guys are and plug a name in there and Josh Palmer for DJ Moore.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, that, that pick is Josh Palmer for me is irrelevant in that trade. Um, I'm not concerned with Josh Palmer in that side of the trade. So that trade for me is really DJ Moore against probably Jackson Smith and Jigba or Kayshawn Boutte in all reality with, with, with the, with the draft that me and you have probably done. I don't know about you, but that's, that's what I'm seeing going in that. Um, DJ Moore, there's been all this talk about him with touchdown regression. Um, he, he just he's, he's never put up the touchdowns. Um, he, he, he's put up the, the yardage, uh, but he's never really had, at least in my eyes, that just domination of a season. Um, for, for, for me, he's an established asset. There's the unknown with Baker Mayfield. I think I would probably lean DJ Moore. But but honestly, I mean, I can see the intrigue with the Jackson Smith and with Kayshawn Boutte. I think they're more skilled of a player, um, than 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 DJ Moore is for sure. Um, but but we know the situation for DJ Moore; he's the alpha wide receiver. Um, I'm still rocking um the established asset with DJ Moore in that trade.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I'm not completely willing to throw away Josh Palmer. I think I think he. Could be a guy that's that's decent, but he needs some things to go his way. I mean, he's got Keenan Allen and he's got Mike Williams in front of him, but you know, and Eckler catches so many passes. So you know, if you're the fourth option in an offense, that that doesn't usually lead to fantasy greatness. But like you said, you're staring at you know JSN or or Boute at 105 or or a top running back or one of those top two quarterbacks. So a lot of a lot of potential there. But DJ Moore is still relatively young. And he's he's able to put up all these catches and yards despite really being in a in a unfriendly situation from an offensive scheme from a quarterback. And and I, I'm gonna stick with DJ Moore if if I'm if I'm if I'm getting rid of him for the Debbie Startup 105 and a player like like I think you're getting at. I, I want a player coming back that's better than Josh Palmer. I, I don't know who that player is, but somebody somebody better that it's a, that's going to, at least I know for sure is going to help my dynasty roster. Um, instead of, you know, Palmer where, okay, he could, but he also could be an absolute nothing. I mean, we, we don't know. So yeah, I'm going to lean DJ more there. The next one, <laughs> I mean, this is a, a simple trade, uh, a waddle for B. John Robinson.
1: It, it's B. John Robinson for me. I mean, as much as I love Jalen Waddle as much as I think he can be just a phenomenal wide receiver at the NFL level, if you look at strict value wise, Jalen Waddle was going in the fourth round of startup drafts. I think B John Robinson is going to be a first round talent by the time it's all said and done. He's going to go in the first round of startups. and what I've learned more than anything is first round running backs, um, running backs in general that explode in their in their rookie season. There's not a player in the NFL that you can't get for get for that type of play, that type of running back. Um, so, I mean, by the time it's all said and done, I think you could end up flipping Bijan Robinson for Waddle plus after a year in the NFL.
0: Yeah, precisely. Uh, we already talked about Bijan is already in our our top five of of dynasty RBs, and he's still a year away from the NFL. As soon as he gets drafted and makes a team, his, his value will go up. I mean, he could be as high as RB two, like literally before he plays a game, and and you're not trading. You're not trading the RB two for just Jalen Waddle. I mean, you, you want you want more. So yeah, it's it's Bijan easily here. The next one I think is is just as easy, if not easier, especially given my my co-host. But we're gonna go through it anyway. Travion Henderson for Antonio Gibson.
1: Yeah, it's it's Travion Henderson. I mean, I'm just, I've never been a fan of um, Antonio Gibson anyway. I think I think he did great his rookie season. Some he he had to split carries last year um, with. Uh, what's his face? <laughs> Can't remember his name. Anyway, he was splitting carries last year, and he didn't do. He didn't look all, all that great with it. I mean, you're talking about Antonio Gibson has less value than Jalen Waddle does, and arguably Travion Henderson when he come out comes out is going to be that top five running back, just like Bijan John, John Robinson is. I mean, it's Travion Henderson easily. I mean, I, I need I need Antonio Gibson and a significant other piece um, for Travion Henderson right
0: now. Yeah, like like the Devi startup one oh five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that, right? I mean it yeah, it's it's crazy. It, it this is so so easily, Henderson. I'm a little surprised. Hopefully, hopefully whoever was was receiving Gibson decided that they, they weren't getting enough for Henderson. The next one, a little bit bigger, uh Trey Lance is the one side, and then you've got Tua Tonga Viola, Alex Pierce, talk about a throw-in, and then the combined it's it's a combined rookie devie draft. It's the first round pick and the second round pick, and this is like in next year's draft, and the league is about 80 deep. So the the context here that I was able to read is that you're you're talking in like in this year's draft, a first round pick in the middle, you're talking like Nicholas Singleton was 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 getting drafted. So you're you're getting into that that incoming freshman class. So kind of give some context as to the value of those picks. Obviously some rookies slip through even deeper Debbie league. So, you know, there will be some, some value. I think the guy even mentioned sky Moore was, was available as well this year, but Trey Lance for, for a couple of high picks and then Pierce and Tuo. what, what do you think?
1: So for me, when you look at this trade, I mean, honestly, with, with, with the, with those first and second round picks, I mean, Yes, they're first and second round picks. Um, Debbie picks hold value. I mean, Debbie drafts are always, although it's depleted. I never say things are Debbie depleted because there's always guys that are going to slip through the cracks. Um, but with those picks, I mean, for me personally, I mean, you you are looking at incoming freshmen. They're going to be in that draft. You're not looking at your your all star Debbie guys in that draft. Um, there, there's a throw in on, on that side. The throw in, I'm not I'm not particularly interested in um, Alex Pierce. Um, so for me, it's it's Tua and some depleted Debbie picks for Trey Lance. Um, I, I, I was on record as being a Trey Lance hater last offseason. I, I was not a big fan of Trey Lance. I think he had some accuracy issues. Um, with, with that being said, I do think that if for somebody that can take the, a massive step up out of that quarterback class last year, it's going to be Trey Lance. Um, I mean, you're already seeing him go in the, you know, in super flex leagues in, in the second or third round. Um, Two was going a little after that. For me, um, I'm gonna roll the dice that, that just on value alone that Trey Lance is gonna see a massive rise in value and you're gonna be able to get more than just two and a couple of depleted picks left. Um so in that trade, give me Trey Lance.
0: Yeah, I I'm I'm thinking the same way. If if I'm trading Lance, I you know, I, I think Tua can be a, a solid like quarterback two for, for a long time, but I don't think he has QB one upside. I just, I just don't see it. Trey Lance absolutely has QB one upside with with his running ability. I mean, he has the potential to be top three or four, and and that's something that I want more than just you know a couple of even though they're they first and second round picks. It, it's a it's a deep league. So like like we said, there these are these are incoming freshmen. You're waiting years, and and the farther away they are, the the less likely that you're gonna hit. And if you and want so, those, if you
1: I, want those guys badly enough, you can trade for them in college. I mean, it's it's not that hard.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, and I think I think the the Alex Pierce part, you need to take that away, and it, that needed to be a better a better NFL player for me to to want the the aside. side. You know, give me a give me a guy that I know is is solid and is gonna gonna help me. You know, right now and and then. Then I would, uh, I would make that play. But otherwise, I'll, I'll gamble on, on the Trey Lance upside. Absolutely. Give me,
1: give me All like right. a, give me like a Jerry Judy Brandon Ayuk, you know, type type of player in that trade, and then I'll take the two aside.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. You don't need a, you don't need a stud, but but a a good a good asset with some upside who's still relatively young is kind of what you're looking for. Uh, last Devi trade. Then we've got one more that's a C to C. Kenneth Walker the third. Kadarius Tony and Lorenzo Styles is on one side. Of course, the wide receiver, I believe, at Notre Dame. And Devonta Smith, Tyler Algier, and Kayshawn Butte is on the other side.
1: So for me, I'm going to take the Devonta Smith side here. And that's not because I'm just an Eagles fan. I've got, I've got some reasoning behind this. Um, I, I think that the, the situation in, in Seattle, they're going to be a run-heavy team. Um, so, so, so Kenneth Walker is going to get his carries, but as we saw Rashad Penny last year, I don't think Penny is, is done in that situation. I think that carries are going to be split a little more than we think they're going to. I have, I had an article come out um, for Dynasty Nerds on Lorenzo Styles, and, um, just, just giving you the quick synopsis of the article. I'm not a fan of Lorenzo Styles. I think that he has too many drop issues. I think that he's a body catcher. Um, I think that he's not super athletic, and I, I don't like those traits for the next level. Um, Keishawn Butte is the opposite of all of those of all those traits. So, <laughs> Boutte, #good Keishawn Butte easily uh, leagues the leagues and above, um, <clears throat> leagues and miles above um, Lorenzo Styles for me. And then, honestly, Devontae Smith, I think is you know everybody saw, saw AJ Brown come in, they they thought that that they think that that's going to hurt. Devontae Smith's target share. I only think that's going to help him. Teams aren't going to be able to slide double coverage over on top of Devontae Smith. He's going to be able to feast in that offense. He's easily going to crack 1,000 yards. I think he's going to be the alpha wide receiver on that offense. I'm not really entirely sold on A.J. Brown being the alpha in that offense. I think I think it's still Devontae Smith. They built that wide res- that relationship between him and Jalen Hurts. Um, I, I still like him better than Kenneth Walker right now. So give me the Devontae Smith. Keishawn Busta side, and I don't even care who the third piece was.
0: Tyler Algier, who yeah. who knows he could be the starting running back in Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I I think Jalen Hurts needs to improve dramatically as a as a passer in order for for that offense to support two really good fantasy wide receivers. I I love AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. I, people are down on Devonta Smith, and I'm I'm not seeing. I mean I, I get it, like, okay, he's the second guy, but again, if if they have a good passing quarterback, being the second guy is is fine. And and we all know AJ Brown like literally never stays healthy. And I don't, don't want to say with, he's injury with, prone. With, but
1: with, with the way Devontae Smith runs routes and gets separation, if you're not double covering him and he's getting single coverage looks, that's dangerous.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I guess I I mean he had a good he had a good rookie season. And, and we're, we're not even really focusing on, in my opinion, the, the the best piece of this whole trade. And that's Keyshawn Butte. And people are, you know, the, the ankle, I think, have got some people scared because he didn't play as much. And I, I heard a stat on another podcast and I loved it. Do you know that Butte played, I believe, exactly six games in the college season last year before he was done because of the injury? He, he led the, he, the team he finished as he finishes the leading wide receiver yeah <laughs> yes he was the leading wide receiver for lsu yeah. and he played in half the games yeah i mean this guy is so good and, and he's just dominant and you know he's a first round pick so you're gonna have two first round wide receivers you know only separated by by two you know two seasons for a guy like like walker who I think the volume will be there eventually in his career. It might not be this year, although are we really expecting Penny to take a lot of carries away? I mean, talk about an injury-prone running back, and Kadarius Tony, who's flashed some talent, but has you know issues outside of football. Like like, just seems to be a little bit of a head case. And Styles, who you said you didn't like, I don't have much of an opinion on him, to be honest, but he's nowhere near the the prospect that, that Boutte is. I mean they're they're leagues apart. I mean Styles could be a, a a day three pick at best. I mean, yeah, this this is as honestly, this is as one sided a trade as we talked about. You know, up there, there with there, the there's other there's couple. too many
1: there's too many question marks on that other side for me.
0: Yeah. I mean they would need they would need Walker to be a stud and they would need Tony to to turn things around and and realize his first round you know draft grade. So yeah, give me the, the Smith, Algier, and Boutte side. Easily, all right. The C to C trade, of course, campus to Canton. You know, it's a little different because you are are drafting players that you can actually start on your college side, and the draft picks are the the incoming freshmen or or supplemental draft. So usually the the drafts that are I've got a couple leagues that just kicked off this week, and you're you're getting a lot of of incoming freshmen in these drafts, but there's always players that, that are left over, so you, th- those guys get get taken in the first couple rounds, those, those best assets. So just kind of set the, the table here, your favorite tradable asset, Saquon Barkley on one side, for Jermaine Burton, the transfer to Alabama from National Championship Georgia, and the NCAA, so the supplemental draft picks, 201 and 301. So not first round, but obviously very early second, very early third. So two picks in the top. We'll just assume it's a 12-team league, so top 25. What side do you like here? You're getting more for that proven NFL asset who's had some injury issues but might finally be
1: 100%. I I have been on record with, with my – not disdain of Saquon Barkley. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that's what it is. I, it's not that I don't like Saquon Barkley. I love his talent. There's too many things with him that just scare me from Saquon Barkley. We, we had this conversation last year. It's situation. It was offensive line. It was injury history. Um, I was on record last year saying that I didn't think Saquon Barkley was going to finish as a top twelve running back. And here we are all today. And he was. I think he was outside. He was close to being outside top twenty four running back. If I'm if I'm correct. Um,
0: yeah, I have was, to look it up. He was, he was so, definitely not close to being a top 12. <laughs> so,
1: um, well, one of the things I was going to talk about with Debbie Trades is you can't be afraid to lose trades. And I traded Saquon Barkley um, last season for Garrett Wilson and um, who was it, Eric Gray. So I, yes. I admit, admittedly, I lost that trade. Um, if Eric Gray ever does anything, it's looking a little better. Um, but you can't be afraid to lose trades. But at the same time, I got out from under Saquon Barkley when I wanted to, um, and, it, and it proved valuable for me. Um with that being said, in this trade, you're getting more for Saquon Barkley um, than I did, and then you, you probably should be. But I, I'm still not a fan of Jermaine Burton. I think he's going to do fine in Alabama, but I was never a huge fan of Jermaine Burton at Georgia. And that 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 round two and three supplemental pick. I mean, you're looking at you know four. You're looking at um, l- latter half um, rookies or uh, incoming freshmen at that point. Um, you're not looking at your stud incoming freshman. You're looking at your kind of next, next band up, your tier two incoming freshman. I, I think that this year with an improved offensive line, I think with the, the way Saquon, his healing process has come along, um, his drive to 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 not, to, to beat this injury label that he's gotten. I, as crazy as it sounds, I think I'm going to want to take Saquon in this trade.
0: Interesting. Um, you know, I, I think... I think if I'm trying to win on the college side, I need more than, than Burton and those two picks. Although, you know, those two picks are still going to be good players, but, but yeah, you're, you're like, like you said, unless you're, you know, you're getting like I, uh, one of the common guys I've seen that, that slipped through like an AT Perry from, from wake. Yeah. Um, he could be, he could be a, a win now asset on the NCAA side that that's available at pick two Oh one, um, Cam Ward, the, the Washington state quarterback is another guy that that's available if you're not going incoming freshman. So these are the kinds of players that you might be able to get at two Oh one that, that are going to immediately make your college side better. But that said, you know, I, I, I think, I think I'm leaning, I'm leaning Barkley as well. I think if Jermaine Burton, if it wasn't him, if it was like, if it was, if it, top, was if it was anybody top, else, like a top Debbie <laughs> asset that's coming in this season, you know, someone that I'm like, okay, this guy's definitely a first round rookie pick. Then, then maybe that's enough for me. But if it was literally the, anybody
1: else in that range, I would, I would that side. And that's just kind of where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing with Barkley, like, like you said, you know, the, the injury history and the, the, just the situation with the offense. I think this year there's some, some room for optimism. You know, they, they finally changed schemes and coaches. They, you know, who, who knows how that's all going to work out, but I think this is like the year that he has to he has to bounce back, and they have to use him the way the way they used him when he was a rookie, right? I mean, throw him the ball a, a crap ton of times, and and then, bam, you are going to get the value that that he should be. But but yeah, I I, I guess I am still willing to to gamble on him one more year. But he just, he just this can't. You can't
1: have another season like you did last season, where I am texting you every Sunday, going thirty seven yards, thirteen yards, right? <laughs> he just, right. He just text me and go, "Shut up."
0: Yeah, well, yeah, totally. I was like, you know, emotionally giving you the middle finger every time. I, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's that's that's the key is that you know he he needs to get the the pass catches to to increase the the floor, and then if he can you know put together some actually good yards and some touchdowns, then he's going to be right back where he was. That being said, if that starts to happen, and your team isn't good enough to to really make a run in the playoffs,
1: sell him immediately. (laughs) Then
0: this is the time to get out. Like absolutely, you know, come November when he is dominant, if he's dominating and doing well, but your team still isn't good enough, you have to move him at that point because now his value will have almost completely recovered. And somebody that wants to win now and, and that'll gamble on him being really, really good for a couple more seasons, man, you could be, you could be, you could, you could get a truckload for him at that point. I think you'd be, pretty happy with that. All right. That is the end of the trades It's the end of our analysis. So hopefully that provides everyone with some value, Matt, tell everyone, you know, where are you at on Twitter and what the heck are you up to these days? Yes.
1: Yeah, so you guys can find me on Twitter at Debbie Matt. Um, I'm currently releasing some articles, um, Debbie profiles. So if you, you guys like the, uh, the Debbie analysis. You guys can can read about it on the Dynasty Nerds. Um what what I want you guys to do though, if you if you got a second though, I have just joined um Matt Cooper over at the Devi to Dynasty Film Room. Um cutting up film, doing film breakdowns on YouTube. I've released um one of those on his YouTube channel and I did one on my own YouTube channel while I was just kind of getting the hang of it. So make sure you guys go and subscribe to the Devi to Dynasty film room. It costs you zero dollars to subscribe. All it costs is you going there and clicking a button. Um, so we would really appreciate you if you would go and show your support over there. Um, come check out some of our videos over there.
0: Excellent, and I'm pretty sure I saw a tweet today where you're already talking about 2023 freshmen. I am. I am not not 2023 <laughs> rookies. 2023 freshmen. So these are these are individuals that are getting ready to start their senior year still still in high school (laughs) in high school this fall that's that is amazing Um, with with
1: with with Debbie and and C2C's ever-changing man you've got to find that next thing to, to get a leg up on your competition I'm trying to find the next thing to bring you guys um the best value that you could possibly can so you can get these guys before everybody else finds out about them so if that means me grinding some high school tape then I'll grind some high school tape
0: Man, it that is fantastic. You're you're way ahead of the curve. I love it. It was it was awesome to see. Of course, I am at Skip Newton thirty one on Twitter. I am now part of the Rookie Big Board podcast network with Dwight Peebles doing the Debbie Big Board podcast, which we try to release every Thursday morning. So it just dropped this morning. It was just a, a solo episode for me because Dwight is on vacation. But be sure to check out you know the Rookie Big Board. Uh, a lot of good stuff there, and of course. As it's the same feed, all of you are already listening to the Dynasty Happy Hour, one of my favorite podcasts still. Doug Eddy, Tyler Gunther, and James crease Excellent stuff. I love the the comedy, and of course, the the information value is second to none. Good stuff, as always. It's good to be back. For Matt, my name is Skip. Thank you very much for listening. We will try to come back at a more regular time for all of you because we have missed it and we've missed each other, so... Thank you again for listening, and as always, be a good human.